Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. You want to go back to where your brother was found? Why? Yes. I want to go to the beach because that is where it happened. If any of the rocks could talk. It's my understanding that your brother was actually found in the underbrush over here. Dale Pike was found on a beach Miami, naked, face down, dead. Shot twice in the back of the head. My name is Joe Tacopina. I'm a lawyer, former prosecutor, criminal defense attorney, who's one of the lawyers for Enrico Forte, an innocent man who's been wrongly convicted and has spent the last 20 years in jail. Mr. Forte? Yes. Did you have anything to do with Dale Pike's death? Absolutely nothing. Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, ever think you'd end up in a place like this? Never, never. Enrico Forte, his nickname's Kiko, was a world-class windsurfer from Italy. He was a father. He was a husband. There's no forensic evidence linking Kiko Forti to this crime. None whatsoever. People have made comparisons to this case in Amanda Knox. You don't decide this person is guilty and then look for evidence to back it up. Is that what you think happened to Enrico Forti? There's no doubt, without question. The victim in this case is Dale Pike, the son of Tony Pike, who owns a famous hotel in Ibiza, Spain. It's a place where partiers go, where people go to do wild things. Spain's version of Las Vegas. She knew you were in this special place. So that attracted all different sorts of people, you know, whether it be Frank Zappa, Julio Iglesias, Wham, George Michael, and of course, Freddie Mercury. 
Did you know that your father was seriously entering into negotiations to sell the hotel to Enrico Forti? Yes, it just didn't feel right. Dale wanted to go and see this guy face to face. Dale Pike was going to Miami and Enrico Forti was the one that was supposed to pick him up. All I knew that my brother was going over there for the deal. So it's really like it was the deal that created the death. As you're sitting here right now, do you think Enrico Forti either helped kill or actually killed Dale Pike? No, I do not. But you were one of the 12 jurors who convicted him. Yes, I know. Do you ever wonder where all your money went, like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it. The glamour of the roaring 20s, wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware, each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. The 1998 murder of Dale Pike has always been, and is to this day, a true murder mystery. Always questions. Always questions. Brad Pike is Dale's younger brother. I also don't think I'll ever know the truth. What is known is that someone shot Dale Pike twice in the back of the head with a 22 and left his body on a quiet stretch of beach on Virginia Key minutes from Key Biscayne. Sean Crowley, a former captain with the NYPD, is now a well, private a investigator. Place, you know, Virginia Key is a common place for windsurfers. On February 16, 1998, a beachgoer found Dale's body. He sees indentation in the sand from the waterline into the vegetation. But in that indentation, he sees blood stains all along. 
So all the way from here, like from the from edge the of the water, all the way to vegetation. Correct. He's found completely naked? Uh, completely naked, yes. His shirt was a little off to the side, but bloodied. And then some key pieces of evidence were under his body or right next to his body. Crowley, who works for Joe Tacopina, Enrico Forti's current lawyer, believes the killer or killers staged the crime scene with obvious clues so the body would be quickly identified. A boarding pass with Dale's name on it, a pendant from Pike's Hotel in Ibiza, Spain, and a phone calling card with only one number dialed. That number belonged to Forty, better known as Kiko, an Italian television producer living in Miami. As if to say to the police, just in case you don't know who committed this murder, it's the guy who picked him up at the airport because he has the boarding pass and checked the calling card because Kiko Forti's number's on it three times. Here you go, please. I was wondering, like, how close were you to Dale? We were close, but I guess we were also quite different. I love very much the outdoors. Dale wasn't really interested in that. So he was interested more in the clubbing, that sort of thing. Charming man? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Brad was home in Australia when he got the news about Dale from a Miami detective. And she said, look, I'm sorry to inform you that your brother's been found murdered. I told them the whole story about what was happening. What was happening was that Brad and Dale's father, Anthony Tony Pike, had signed papers to sell his world-famous Pike's Hotel to Enrico Forti. We had our suspicions about it. Dale wanted to just lay it out in line and say, look, I understand you want to do the deal, so what's the game? What are you playing up with now? The brothers believed the hotel was worth a lot more money than the sales price of approximately $1.6 million. In the 1980s, the hotel had become a destination resort after George Michael and Wham! chose it as a setting for the iconic video, Club Tropicana. Tony Pike had a cameo role, and he played it to the hilt. That video, and Tony's sex-crazed persona, made Pike's a hedonist hideaway and a haven for celebrities. He was a very, very adventurous and very tenacious man, incredibly charismatic, uh, good-looking, very charming, cheeky. Tony had asked Dale to help run Pikes after Tony became very sick in January 1997. They did tests and immediately diagnosed him with AIDS and said he has full-on AIDS and AIDS dementia. But thanks to medication, in November 1997, Tony was clear-minded enough to travel to Williams Island, an exclusive enclave outside Miami. He was visiting an old friend, Thomas Connaught, a German expat who had a taste for the good life. His idea of living was to drink champagne instead of water. Chavez Mesmer managed a shop on Williams Island and knew Connaught well. Everything had to be the best. His shoes had to be Gucci. His everything had to be the best. While visiting Connaught, 
Tony Pike met Kanat's upstairs neighbor, Enrico Forti, and they hit it off. Very successful. Incredible person. He had contracts going with ESPN. World champion since 1982. In Italy, he had won a popular quiz show. Kiko Forti! and later produced extreme sports videos. He was a mover and a shaker, buying up properties right around in Williams Island. Seemed to be the perfect life, if you will. Hi. Hi, my name is your mommy. Forti's wife, Heather, was pregnant. And the couple had two young daughters. Woo! Oh my God, the most loving father. The way he felt about the baby coming, he was on cloud nine. He loved Heather. Oh, with all his heart and soul. Then, in late 1997, Tony Pike told Forty he wanted to sell his legendary hotel. And a few months later, the hotel deal came together. Tony signed papers to sell it to Forty. And that's when Tony's sons got upset. They felt Forty had taken advantage of Tony. The nature of the AIDS dementia, as far as I know, is that he goes in and out of lucidity. I guess Dale and I were just suspicious that because he wasn't mentally together, that any deal that he was doing anyway needed to be checked and looked at. Brad says Dale then flew to Miami to deal with Forty in person. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Enrico Forti, once a sports champion who traveled all over the world, today is restricted to a prison cell. But he says only his body is behind bars. I still travel a lot in my mind. That's my way to survive in here. He's constantly turning over the events that landed him here. Back in 1998, Uh, Forti was excited about becoming the owner of the legendary Pikes Hotel, in Ibiza, Spain. 
Sales papers had been signed, but Dale and his brother Brad still had questions. My brother sort of said, look, one of us needs to go and, and have a look at the deal and just find out what's happening with this. Forty went to pick Dale up at the Miami airport on Sunday afternoon, February 15, 1998. But Dale's flight was late. I almost left. I waited for him almost two hours. And uh, when I didn't find him, I started paging him. These records show Forty and Dale's attempts to locate each other using the airport intercom. They start playing this game of telephone tag via the airport intercom system for about an hour and a half. Joe Takapina and Dina Neshwat, Forty's lawyers, say Forty was nervous about the time because he had promised Heather he would pick up her father that night at the Fort Lauderdale airport, about 45 minutes north. And she said to him, don't be late to pick up my father. Forty says that when he and Dale finally did connect, Dale had a request. As soon as he arrived, he asked me for some cigarettes. I don't smoke, I didn't have cigarettes. So we stopped at the first gas station that I could find for him to buy some cigarettes. Dale Pike went in there, goes into uh, the phone booth, and makes a call. And then Dale said, could you drop me off? At first he said, Kiba's cane, and Kiko said, no, I can't, I can't go that far. You know, I have to go pick up my father-in-law. So he said, no, 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 not Kiba's cane, just take me to the Rusty Pelican restaurant. And Kiko said, okay. Forty says they never talked about the hotel deal. Instead, Forty says Dale told him he was going to a party with, quote, friends of Thomas Connaught. Sound like something your brother would do? It's not out of the possibility if he'd been promised a good party. At the restaurant, Forty says Dale got out of the car and into a white Lexus in the parking lot. He says he didn't recognize the driver. The guy inside the car that was waiting for him was an elegant person with a white shirt, a gold chain, gold watch. After dropping off Dale, Forty made a cell phone call to his wife, Heather, at exactly 7.16 p.m. Forty knew she'd be upset that he had been wasting time with Dale. So Forty lied. And I told I didn't pick him up. I didn't want to have an argument with her. I was extremely late. Forty picked up Heather's father at the Fort Lauderdale airport and says he didn't give Dale another thought. And the moment that I left him, it was out of my mind. It's not that I was thinking, oh, what's going to happen to him? No, it, and never for a second uh, came to my mind that something bad or terrible could happen. Dale's body was found nearly 24 hours later on Monday evening on that windsurfing beach on Virginia Key, about two miles from the Rusty Pelican. Forty says he heard the news about Dale's murder on Wednesday and that Tony was flying to Miami. I was confused and I was, uh, I was, I was still under shock. I spent all night trying to locate where Tony Pike was. Nobody knew where he was. And that's because the Miami police had spirited him away. They wanted to know more about Dale's trip and that hotel deal. They certainly were convinced that the deal with the hotel and the purchase of the hotel was, let's say, the impetus for the killing. 
Forty says he knew none of this when he reached out to the police on Thursday. I thought it was the right thing to do. Unwittingly, Forty was walking into the lion's den, and police were ready to pounce. Suspicious of Forty and the hotel deal, detectives tried to trick him, suggesting that Tony might also be dead. The police lied intentionally to Kiko, and what Kiko thought was, oh my God, I was in Miami. I picked up Dale Pike. He's dead. These guys think I killed both of them. And he panicked. Forty then made what he says was the biggest mistake of his life. He repeated the lie he had told his wife. He told cops he had not picked up Dale at the airport. But if you were going to try to help the police, why didn't you tell them you had picked Dale Pike up? Because when I arrived there, that moment, I realized it was a suspect. And of course, I was was confused and... uh, I do believe there is no logic on the way that I behaved that night. Forty returned to the police station the next day and says he had made up his mind to tell the truth. When did you tell them you had, in fact, picked up Dale Pike? As soon as I had the opportunity. I don't remember exactly the timing, but... But detectives say Forty only admitted picking up Dale after they confronted him with those airport paging records proving that he and Dale had made contact. That's a lie. There are lies from these policemen. They're way bigger than the lie that I did. Forty insists he came clean about everything, telling cops all he knew about the Pike family. And Forty pointed investigators to that longtime friend of Anthony Pike, Thomas Connaught. And Thomas Connaught was stealing money left and right from Anthony Pike. The police went to find Connaught, but by them, Thomas Connaught had vanished. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. was just the happiest person I ever met. Chave Mesmer knew Enrico Forti even before Thomas Cannot arrived on the scene. He was one of the kindest, nicest, most appealing people on the island. But his downstairs neighbor, Thomas Cannot, she said, well, he was a different story. When did you start to realize this is a con man? Right after I married him. 
It turned out Thomas Connaught moved to Williams Island straight out of a German prison. Connaught was convicted of 14 counts of fraud, stealing millions. But when he turned up on Williams Island, the high-flying Connaught told everyone he was a tennis pro. So this guy who told you he was a tennis player and was making money from playing tennis, he wore a lot of tennis clothes. (laughs) He just wore a lot of tennis clothes. Chavez says Connaught was charming, and she eventually married him to help him get a green card. But the sham nuptials were quickly annulled when she said she saw his fits of anger. Thomas had a really bad temper. She wasn't surprised that Connaught vanished when Dale Pike's body was found. I thought they got him for the murder. With 100% certainty, there was not any motive for Kiko Forte to want Dale Pike dead. Zero. There was plenty of motive for Thomas Cannot. Turns out for months, Thomas Cannot had been illegally running up exorbitant charges on Tony Pike's credit cards. And Dale Pike knew it. Forty and Takapina believed that was a motive for murder. Cops caught up with Kanat days later in downtown Miami, but Kanat told police Forty had his own motive, that Dale's concerns about the hotel sale could ruin Forty's deal. Kanat made a very compelling case that Kiko must have killed him. Kiko's trying to swindle him from the hotel. Police had enough to charge both men with fraud, Kanat for running up $90,000 on Tony Pike's credit cards. 40 for allegedly trying to swindle Tony out of his hotel. But for the Miami police, 40 was still the prime murder suspect. The police had determined early on that it was Kiko. That it was Kiko. It was Kiko. After all, 40 was the last known person to see Dale Pike alive. And he had lied about it to the police. And Kanat had something 40 did not. An alibi. He was hosting a dinner that night. At a dinner party in his little apartment, because he had a lot of people in there at this particular time to give him enough witness for an alibi. But Takapino says if that alibi clears Thomas Cannot, then the timeline should clear 40. There isn't enough time for 40 to pick up Dale, murder him, and then meet his father-in-law in 90 minutes. Prosecutors agreed that he might not be the trigger man. They don't accuse Kiko of being the gunman, the triggerman, the shooter. They don't accuse him of that. They said he was acting accomplice with someone else. With who? They have no idea, but with someone else. Even if Forty wasn't the trigger man, prosecutors decided they could prove he had a role in Dale's murder. Prosecutors cut a deal with Connaught to testify against Forty, even though the convicted con man had failed three polygraph tests. And in October of 1999, they announced they had critical physical evidence linking 40 to the crime scene. What's the crucial evidence against 40? Grains of sand, less than a teaspoon. Prosecutors say they recovered that much from 40's car and that it matches the sand here on this beach where Dale Pike's body was found. Now let's focus on the evidence of the sand. The first two times they searched that vehicle, they came back with an insufficient amount of sand for the forensic technician to determine where that sand would have come from. 
The third time, they recovered some sand in the trailer hitch. They removed the trail hitch. This wouldn't be allowed in a traffic court, let alone a, a murder trial. This wouldn't be allowed in a food court. But it was. And at Forty's murder trial in 2000, prosecutors poured over blow-ups of microscopic images of sand particles, with their experts saying the grains definitely came from Virginia Key. And he lives in that area, and he's got kids, and he's a windsurfer. Why wouldn't he have this sand on his vehicle? Veronica Lee had just turned 20 when she was picked for the jury. She had her doubts. Were you troubled at all about the fact that there was no DNA that connected the defendant? No No fingerprints? Right. But the state pathologist did provide damning testimony. Based on undigested food that Dale Pike likely ate on the airplane, the pathologist said the time of death was consistent with some time between 6 p.m. and 7.16 p.m. when Dale Pike was with 40 and when Kanat was home at his dinner party. How big a mistake was it for the defense not to call their own pathologist? It was an enormous mistake by the defense not to call their own pathologist. 48 Hours asked pathologist Dr. Gregory Davis from the University of Kentucky to review the Miami pathologist's report. I'm shocked that this got entered into evidence. Is there like one word that sums up this affidavit? How would you sum it up? Irresponsible. Dr. Davis says pathologists have known for decades that people simply digest food at different rates. Can you pinpoint uh, the time of death to a minute the way this is, 7.16 as opposed to 7.17? Absolutely not. In fact, Dr. Davis believes the lack of animal or bug bites on the body and the state of decomposition indicates that Dale Pike could have died later, even the following day, when Forty would have an alibi of his own. Prosecutors stuck to their timeline. They highlighted that 7.16 p.m. phone call Forty made to his wife when he was supposedly heading north to pick up her father. A cell phone tower instead places 40 going in the opposite direction. And prosecutors, without any proof, speculated that 40 was on his way to get rid of evidence. The defense countered that there were too many variables, including the weather, to determine why one tower picked up a call and not another. And they tried to offer Connaught as a better suspect. Did you want to know more about Thomas Kanat? Yes, I did. Every time they tried to bring him up, oh, he's not the one that's on trial here. Prosecutors ultimately decided against calling the convicted con man. And on June 15, 2000, the case went to the jury. I tried to voice my opinion and tell them, look, there is no smoking gun. How can you put this man away, you know, for, for... Life. There was a point where I locked myself in the bathroom and started crying. They wouldn't, nobody would listen to me. They said, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a little girl, you know, and, and it was really hard. Veronica felt forced to vote guilty. He looked right at me. I mean, I couldn't even look at him in the eyes. I felt like I let him down so much. 
But I tried so hard. Some jurors did not like the fact that 40 initially lied. That's the only thing they have against me. They lie to my wife and their life, and they lie to the police. Nothing else. And that was a mistake? I think it was a mistake. Of course it was a mistake. But it's a mistake they need to be punished with a life sentence. Uh. Forty was sentenced to life without parole. I felt like he was done wrong. I, I don't think it was a fair trial. So if Enrico Forty did not kill Dale Pike, was it Thomas Connaught? We went to find him. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The only truth that I know for sure is that Kiko would definitely not kill a person. Like all of Kiko Forty's friends, Francesco Guidetti, who attended the trial, will never accept Forti's guilty verdict. The trial was tragic. And what's more, lawyer Joe Tacopina says the police botched a key aspect of Forti's story that might have revealed another suspect. Forti told authorities that after he picked up Dale, they stopped at a gas station where Dale used a payphone. They went and pulled the phone records from that telephone booth, and they came back saying, eh, he lied. There's absolutely no record of a call that was made from that phone booth on that day at that time. And what was wrong with that? The problem was they subpoenaed the wrong year. By the time the police subpoenaed the correct year, the records were no longer available. So because of police incompetence, we will never know who was on the other end of that phone call. It's mind-blowing to me that he was convicted. Forty's friends and family agree and have kept a drumbeat over the years, insisting he's innocent. In 2013, Forty's case came to the attention of Italian journalist Manuela Moreno. I was in the U.S. and I'm looking for a big story. Uh, I start to study Kiko Forti's story, and uh, I said, this is my story. Manuela visited Forti, and he told her he was desperate for legal help. At his suggestion, Manuela contacted Joe Tacopina, 
She said, you have to take this case. She asked me to meet with the family. Few Americans have ever heard the name Enrico Forti, but 5,000 miles away from his Miami prison cell, it's a very different story. Here in Trento, Italy, he's the hometown hero. We met some of Forti's closest friends, including Luisa Mancastropa, Forti's first wife, who remembered the days she and Kiko would ski and snowboard. Where are we exactly? It's the place where we used to come with Kiko. You said he always had to be moving. Yeah. Ski, snowboard, jumping with the skis, everything. Everything with the snow. Have you stayed in touch with his family, Kiko's family? Oh, yes, they love me. (laughs) And the mother loves me. She's 91-year-old and she's still a young chicken. She's uh, my rock. You talk to her? Yeah, yeah, I talk to her. She's great. She speaks English? Uh, no. She doesn't know how but to bring she's an very, interpreter. She's very smart. Italian communicate with their hands, so she will be able to communicate with you. She will give you a big hug and a kiss. We also visited Forty's uncle Gianni, who is the keeper of all things Kiko. Italian magazines compare Forty to Amanda Knox. How often do you think about Kiko? It's not that I think of him. I have nightmares. I have spent 20 years looking at all the evidence to see if there was any basis. It's my life. After 20 years, we must say and prove that Kiko Forte is not guilty, and he never was. Gianni's relentless campaign to keep his nephew's case in the public eye paid off. When a witness came forward with an intriguing story after seeing a television program about Forty's case. I met Thomas Connaught by chance on a yacht in Monte Carlo. We found Fabrizio Pandolfi in the small town of Luca. He's restricted to his hometown because of his own financial crimes. Telling his story publicly for the first time, he says that in 2011, he met Thomas Connaught at a party in Monte Carlo on a yacht called the Goldfinger. The true reason why I'm here is what I was able to hear and understand that there is a person who was in prison who was innocent. I heard Thomas cannot brag of things that he had done, serious things, grave things. And he managed to get away with it, and others paid for him. He also used to mime the use of a revolver of a gun, like this. He used to say, I did things that I didn't pay for. Pandolfi says, Cannot never said he was the trigger man, nor did he use the names Dale Pike or Enrico Forti. But Cannot did refer to his friend Anthony, who had a hotel in Ibiza. Eventually, Pandolfi provided this information to an Italian investigator, and she gave it to Joe Tacopina. And what is your hope by giving her this information? 
by giving Kiko Forti's attorney this kind of information? What's your hope? That the investigation would be reopened so that one could show that Kiko Forte, most likely, maybe for sure, had nothing to do at all with the murder. Kanat has always insisted he had nothing to do with Dale's murder. And after he served three years in Florida prisons for stealing $90,000 from Tony Pike, he was deported to Germany. They let him walk out the door and let him take a plane and go to Germany and live the rest of his life. We wanted to ask Thomas Kanat about Pandolfi's story. So we left Italy and headed north on the Autobahn. The trail then led us here to Munich, Germany. This is where Thomas Kanat says he now lives. He even gave us his phone number. But when it came to sitting down with him for an on-camera interview or just meeting with him, you could see for yourself what happened. Can we just meet with you? I mean, all I'll do is no camera and just meet with you for coffee. We told Kanat about the story Fabrizio Pandolfi told us. Have you ever been on a, a yacht called the Goldfinger? So you have been. He confirmed that much. And so we have somebody who has come forward who said that he heard you actually say that you had been involved in a murder. We, you say he's a crook, but, but to be honest, Mr. Kanat, you have quite the criminal history as well. Kanat said Pandolfi had no credibility. One con man pointing the finger at another. All right, thank you, sir. He's not going to meet with us. Um, he got very, very agitated. He does not say Enrico Forti is the killer. He just says, you want to know who killed Dale Pike? Ask Enrico Forti. Back in the United States, we decided to fly Brad Pike the brother of murder victim Dale Pike, in from Australia. He brought along family files where we found something written by the homicide commander that was extraordinary. That's the first I'm hearing of that, Aaron. My reaction is to want to pound this table right now and say, are you kidding me? That's, that's disgusting. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's been 21 years since Brad Pike's brother Dale was murdered on this Miami beach. 
and Brad is here from Australia to finally see what it looks like for himself. Does coming here in some way just raise more questions in your head rather than answering them? It does, but then it also answers a lot of questions because now I know what the scenario looks like. I could think of a lot worse places to die. In Miami, Brad had a private meeting with the prosecutor who tried the murder case against Enrico Forti, stopped by the Rusty Pelican, and visited Williams Island, where his father Tony spent time with Forty and Thomas Connaught. It remains now no longer an imagination, but a reality. Brad brought with him a stack of papers he had collected about the case, including this email. This is an email that was sent to Tony Pike after the trial. In the lengthy email sent to Brad's father after the trial, Lieutenant John Campbell, the Homicide Squad's commander, writes, The prosecutors were very uncertain about proceeding, and we almost had to threaten them to get 40 charged. I get a little scared. I get a little scared that that's how the system of justice works down there. Lieutenant Campbell also wrote, I was really nervous that the jury would find him not guilty because we just didn't have a lot of proof. Thankfully, they recognized that truth when they saw it. We showed that email to Forty. From the beginning, they, they wanted to crucify me, and uh, they were just waiting to see how they could do it. And that fact that you have in your hand, it's just uh, another evidence. Is that hard to read? Yes, hard to read. I wish I knew about these things uh, when I could still fight on a legal way. Your lawyer has us now. Hope he can do something about that. Campbell, now retired, admits he had a contentious relationship with an administrator in the prosecutor's office, but that he and other detectives all believed Forty was guilty and that they, quote, had sufficient weight of evidence to meet our legal burden. Prosecutors refused our request for an interview, but wrote that they stand behind Forty's conviction. There's so many doors closed. Getting a sit down with the prosecutors is impossible. We've asked, they said, no thanks, we're not interested. We need somebody to listen. Enrico Forty hopes that someone will come forward with new evidence, like the identity of the man who Forty says picked up Dale Pike at the Rusty Pelican. We arranged this sketch to be made based on Forty's description. That's very accurate. The only thing is missing is a, a gold chain, but otherwise it's a very accurate drawing of the person. And how do you just keep going every day? I'm looking forward, you know. I do that for my kids, I do that for my friends, I do that for my family. Forty's wife Heather was 25 years old and pregnant when he was first arrested and his only son was born while Forty was out on bail. The couple also had two older daughters. When you were convicted, you said something to your wife. What did you tell Heather? I, I told her that it was time for her to, to get her own life because it would have been a long battle. Eventually, Heather moved back to her native Hawaii with their three children. After divorcing Forty, she married an old friend and raised a blended family. Forty's daughter Jenna once appeared on the CBS program Hawaii 5 I'm adding these wet to do this. 
and Forty's son, barely two years old when his father was convicted, asked his mother for a special present for his 16th birthday to visit his father in prison. Do you think someday you'll have the life you had back then? I do believe so. I don't want to use the word of hope. I believe in that. I'm very positive. My mind's still pretty much free. Remember, prosecutors conceded at trial that Forty may not have been the trigger man. No one else was ever arrested in connection with Dale's murder, which means the shooter is likely at large. Tony Pike died in February 2019. As for Brad Pike, he believes Forty has spent enough time in prison. And what do you want to say to Enrico Forti? I forgive him. It's just a terrible, terrible, terrible situation, whether he killed Dale or not. Had they met, Brad says he would have told Forty that he supports the calls to free him. And I don't think anyone will really know what the absolute truth is. There's only two people that know, and one of them's dead and the other one pulled the trigger. It's those unsolved mysteries that we have to learn to live with. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.